and Mud Show is on News Radio 610 WIOD. Cybersecurity Agency says a massive cyber attack has crashed its Ministry of Defense and its Armed Forces website, as well as two of its largest state banks. A possible sign of more to come. Yeah, we still have no idea what goes on. Uh, you know, it, mixed messaging everywhere about that. So obviously, we'll continue to monitor that situation. But closer to home, we're getting down to crunch time in the state legislative session. There are a lot of key movers, and of course, one of the really big ones. And it, it's it was always going to be among the highest-profile pieces of legislation heading into this year's session, the abortion bill, the legislation that would limit abortions to 15 weeks in the state of Florida, someone mirroring the Mississippi law. And, of course, after a very contentious debate, in what turned out to be the overnight hours, we had the full House pass the legislation on a near party line vote, though you did actually have one Republican who voted against it. You did actually have one Democrat that voted for it. Now it goes before the Senate Appropriations Committee. Of course, Governor DeSantis has indicated he would sign this into law. Joining us once again to talk about this and other doings and tally, our former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera. You may follow him at Lopez Cantera. How are you doing this week? Good to talk with you. I'm, I'm good, Brian. How are you? It's good to talk to you as well. Yeah, I am uh, continued. Uh, I continue to be enthused about living in our state where a lot of things make sense, a lot more so than other places around this country. And you know, to this end, you, you take a look at this legislation, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of folks going into this whole debate were like, "Well, why would Florida even take this up? Since you've got the Mississippi law that is very similar that is before the United States Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court hasn't ruled, and you know." It, what about there not being exceptions for those that are victims of rape or incest past 15 weeks? What are your thoughts about it at this stage? Well, I'm glad you called it a limit, Bill, because the, the media has defined it as a ban. And it does have exceptions um, for the health of the mother, the welfare of the mother. And if the, if the child, uh, the gestating child, has a, a fatal abnormality. Um, you know, this is a barbaric practice and I don't think anybody should be against limiting it. It it should be eliminated, but limiting it should be something acceptable. 15 weeks with modern science is more than enough time to know if, um, if someone is pregnant and, and 15 weeks is plenty of time for them to know if they want to terminate. Um, obviously I would always hope that, that a mother wouldn't choose to do that, but, um, this is just a, a progression of what has been a policy issue and an important policy issue to the legislature for many years. Uh, obviously, it's a hot-button issue. The left uh, has stated their position that they want abortions on demand, and the right uh, has been very clear on their position that this is a barbaric act, and it should uh, be curtailed at the very least, but eliminated if possible. Yeah, to your point, I'm going to uh, cover this a bit more tomorrow, uh, but there is new information. You bring up such a good point. Since the 24-week limit was put in place by the United States Supreme Court with the decision Roe v. Wade, you have many developments over that course of time. And as the information changes and as we become more knowledgeable, that also, if we do deem there to be a moral imperative at some point, uh, you know, should enter the equation. And 
you know, to continue to just pretend that we don't know what is real, I, I don't think is an answer. And I think a big key for a lot of people would be to actually go to the material itself. I've talked before about how I've watched or try to watch an abortion in every stage, every trimester. And that is an eye-opening experience. I've always wanted uh, that information to be made available to any woman who uh, or girl who might be um, you know, considering the procedure. What is it that you're actually going to have happen here? You know, in all other facets of life, we talk about having information, being educated. But it seems like on this issue, Carlos, uh, the the um, information has been the enemy of those who want to keep this practice going. You're right. And since since the original uh, Roe v. Wade decision, science now tells us and we know that fetuses feel pain. And we didn't know that then, but we know that now. And that should be part of the moral conversation on whether or not this is the right thing to be doing to these little human beings. Hey, Carlos, um, switching gears here to another uh, piece of, of legislation. We've got a, a proposed opportunity that would allow local governments to uh, to ban cigarette smoking and cigars that have the plastic tips on beaches that they have oversight uh, over. Um, what are your, your thoughts about this legislation? It's been proposed previously. It's failed in past sessions. Looks like it might have traction this year. Well, it comes down to, like every other, every new law, enforcement. How do you enforce it? Because you can put a bunch of laws on the book, but if nobody's enforcing it, it's like it doesn't exist. And, you know, Florida has the most beachfront in the entire country of any state. And policing that, enforcing that, it sounds good. I think it's a good idea. I think... Smoking is something that, that you know, our society is, is very close to eliminating just because people recognize the, the health impacts. But to ban the cigarette smoking on the beaches, you know, whether or not it's enforced is the, really going to be the question. All right. And uh, it's one we'll continue to monitor as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right about society. We're, we're interested in the way we work, though, because... Uh, society now, by and large, is all about smoking as long as it's pot. But if it's a cigarette, not so much. It's <laughs> interesting now, the, the evolution of things that way. Um, all right. School zones. Another one that I've been taking a, uh, a close look at. We have this proposal that would uh, end up allowing local governments to put speed uh, speeding cameras into school zones. And it would automatically ticket offenders that are uh, speeding 10 miles an hour or more, the fine would be $158 for each ticket. Would you support this? I would absolutely not support it. This is a bad idea that is being packaged in a feel-good issue. Protecting kids and school zones, of course, everybody would be before that. But this is the camel's nose under the tent to start implementing speed cameras on roadways, expressways, and I think that's a very bad idea. Um, it's, again, it's about enforcement. If we're having a problem with speeding, I've seen speed enforcement uh, details at schools and, all. you know, you've seen police on the side of the road doing radar checks. But this is a really bad idea, and it will lead to more speed cameras in other places because it will already start to become normalized, and I, I, I would be uh, and am against it. I mean, I'm not a legislator anymore, but if I was there, I would vote against it. I would debate against it. And I would do everything I could to stop it. 
One of the challenges that comes into play, we've had a, a study that's come out in recent years showing that South Florida in particular, we're basically about as bad as it gets when it comes to school zone safety. And, and Florida generally, we rank as the worst state for school zone safety. What do you think we should be doing differently to try to improve that? Have more police officers patrolling the school zones. I mean, most schools have a school resource officer. I'd be okay with giving like the school police, the ability to write these tickets, but to, to just delegate it to a camera, that's, that's, that's a bad idea. And it'll lead to more cameras and more government and uh, turn us more into, you know, more, make us more like Europe, which is, I don't think we should be doing. Another one here that I am again, ready to tee up as part of my Q and a today. What about uh, the legislation that would deregulate, virtual currencies of course we have miami that is you know now you know mayor suarez talking about miami being the crypto capital of the world governor DeSantis has proposed allowing uh state agencies to accept uh cryptocurrency what do you think we should do here i think the bill is fine it's, it seems like it's a no-brainer it's deregulating the 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 exchange of cryptocurrency between individuals because there's a court ruling that said that individuals had to be in compliance with the licensing requirements of 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 the larger uh, money handling banks, etc. So, uh, it's my understanding the bill will just eliminate the requirement for the license for individuals, which I think is an un- unintended consequence consequence of a poor ruling by a court. Uh, this seems like a no brainer. Uh, the Coinbase's, FTX's, those types of, of money, uh, crypto exchange companies will still need to be licensed and regulated. This just applies to individuals trading uh, cryptocurrency between each other direct, not having to comply with those licensing requirements. And, I, I, you know, I'm a less government kind of guy, and I think that's that's a no-brainer. I think you're right on point. I'm actually going to delve into some of those details, what you're talking about there as part of the Q&A next. Carlos, until next week, be well. Always a pleasure, Brian. Look forward to next week. Sounds good. Former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera at Lopez Cantera on Twitter. And uh, yeah, today's Q&A of the day up next, which is about whether Florida should regulate cryptos, but what that actually means. Right here in the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.